Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that is vital for the strength of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so being in God's Word every day really helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger in our faith. You know people who need to grow stronger in their faith, don't you? Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. We want to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about faith, and that is what faith is and why it's vital in pursuit of faith. Now, some people will claim to have faith in God, but they don't live faithfully before him. They don't follow him in obedience on a consistent basis. In fact, they may live a life that really evidences a lack of faith or the opposite of true faith because real faith is obedient faith. But Jesus, what he said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, we could, in, in principle, we could substitute the word faith there If you have faith in me, keep my commandments. You see, real faith in Jesus includes loving him, and that loving him, that helps build the faith, and the faith is going to lead us to obey him if it's true faith. Faith. We all need faith. People who claim they don't believe in God, what in the world do they believe in? What hope do they have? What gives them direction in life? What gives their life meaning? Because you see, without God, life is meaningless. And I mean that. Now, some people who are disbelievers, who are atheists, who are skeptics or agnostics, they might jump up and shout and say, you don't know what you're talking about. My life has meaning, even if I don't believe in God. Really? What does it mean? Explain it to me. Talk about the depths of your soul. Oh, oh, you can't do that, can you? Because you don't believe you have a soul. Well, talk about your eternal destiny. Uh, you can't do that either, can you? Because you don't believe in eternity. You don't believe in heaven. Talk about the real meaning of your life. I mean, get down to the core of it. Have a tough time with that, don't you? Because you see, without God, you're just a mass of cells. You're just an animate being, basically no different than a rat or a rabbit or a dog or a cockroach. You see, your life doesn't have meaning without God. God made you in his image. Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. With a soul, you're different from, unique to, superior to other, all other life forms, whether you believe that or not, 
because you have a soul, and they do not. And now you might again jump up and say, you, you don't know what you're talking about again, because all animals, they're, they're creatures of God, but they're not made in God's image. And you might say, well, all animals are just as important as human beings, but you don't believe in God. So what is the ultimate end of all animals? Go back to the dust. Go back to the dust. Then what? And if you don't believe in God, that's the best you can hope for. When you die, your body just decays back to the dust. You have no other hope. That's the best you can hope for. Oh, but if you're wrong, and God is, he's there, and he is your creator, then death for you opens up a whole new horror show. Because God has said the alternate, or the alternative to walking with him in faithful obedience and being able to look forward to a home in heaven with him for eternity is eternal punishment, condemnation in hell. Faith? Faith is key. Does God exist? No question about it. The creation declare his handiwork declares the creation declares his handiwork all around us your physical body is evidence of god's existence think about how it works together all of the intricate details all of the complexities that are there all working together harmoniously how could that be without god as the creator. It can't just come into existence on its own. It's impossible. Psalm 119, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Ah, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22. The prophet wrote, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Interesting. How in the world did Isaiah know about the earth being a circle about 3,000 years ago? We didn't learn that. For hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after Isaiah wrote that, mankind thought the earth was flat. But Isaiah, he talks about it being a circle. And he speaks of God, he who sits above the circle of the earth and stretches out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to, to dwell in. Well, he describes the reality of our atmosphere, doesn't he? Our universe and the reality of the earth being a globe. But nobody knew that back then. 
How did he know it? God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is, it is God's very word. God guided him to write that. We look at Psalm 90 and verse 2. We read this. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal, without beginning, without end. There has never been a time when God was not, nor will there ever be a time when he is not. And God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. He is there. There is no place to hide from God. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from your presence? If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. And there's even more detail given in Psalm 139, verses 7 through 11. God is omnipotent. Jesus said in Luke 1 and verse 37, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, speaking of God, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think. Hmm. God has power beyond our most vivid imagination. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God once asked the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18, 14. The question is rhetorical. To ask it is to understand the answer. And of course, the answer is no. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Jeremiah, though, answered, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing, there is nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. God is almighty. God is omnipotent. And God is omniscient. There is nothing that God does not know. Nothing that he does not know. He is never caught off guard or unprepared. No problem ever presented itself that caused God to scratch his head and say, "Um, what am I going to do now? No. No angel ever phrased a question and received a reply. Let me get back to you on that from God. (laughs) On a bad day, if God ever had one, he's better than man. On his best day, Paul explained, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And I don't think Paul was suggesting that God ever has foolishness as part of his being or thinking, but he's using 
he's using a comparison that we can relate to in our humanity because we understand foolishness through our lives. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God, and there is no weakness in God, but if we can imagine even some kind of a degree of weakness in God, Paul says it's stronger than men. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 25. We often have trouble running one life, Jeremiah 10 and verse 23, or directing a single family or operating a lone business. But God keeps up with every life. We have trouble with our life at times, don't we? Finding the right direction and so on, making the right decisions. You run a business, you run into all kinds of challenges, but God keeps up with every life. He directs all the families in his will, if they'll listen and follow him. He he guides the church throughout the world and operates an entire universe. 2 Peter 3 and verse 7. God sees all, all the time, is everywhere, all the time. We'll finish our study, our line of thought next time. Let's pray. God, you are magnificent. You are all-powerful. You are omniscient. You are God. Help us to lean upon you and to walk with you in faithfulness always. Through Christ, we pray. Please, Father, please, please forgive us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.